Welcome to Broadway Baptist Church. Uh, it's great to see everyone here this morning. Uh, we are glad that you're here to worship with us. Hopefully, uh, many of you were able to make Sunday school this morning. It is uh, great to get back into a little bit of a normal routine. I guess we're not 100% back there yet, but we are closer today uh, than we were uh, even a week ago. So uh, we are very thankful for that. We're thankful uh, to worship the Lord together as the body of Christ. And uh, this morning, I would like to call us to worship uh, through the reading of the scripture. So if you would, please stand. Upon the completion, uh, I, will, I will open in prayer as well, and please remain standing. Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Father, you are good all the time. And no matter what is going on, Lord, no matter what trials, what sin, Father, you are good and faithful and you forgive because of the work of Jesus. Because of his work, our iniquity can be forgiven. Because of his work, we can have hope every morning, Lord. So, God, I pray that this morning as we come to worship you, our hearts would be prepared, uh, that we would be convicted of our sin, Lord, and that we would be renewed uh, in our worship uh, to you, that we'd be refreshed. And may this time in singing and in uh, worship through the hearing of your word, may it bring you glory, and may it bring us uh, to worship you. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Let's sing together this morning. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship his holy name. Sing like never before, oh my soul, I worship your holy Just slow to anger 
seated for a moment. We are so glad that you have joined us this morning. We are here to worship and exalt the name of our Lord because he's the only one who is worthy of all of our praise. We hope that you're paying attention to your bulletin and to Facebook and things like that so that you can stay up to date on all of our announcements and things that are going on. A couple of things that we want to highlight really, really quickly because we think they're important and that we want you to be able to participate in those. So, this afternoon at 5 o'clock as part of our Broadway restart. We are scheduled to have a cookout and a cornhole tournament and all that kind of stuff. We're going to go ahead and try to have that. Obviously, the weather is not exactly cooperating with us the way that we wanted it to. So we're going to move inside, and uh, we'll be in the gym and uh, the fellowship hall kind of spread out as much as we can. We'll still do uh, the cornhole tournament and as much as we can of the activities that we were planning. So we want you to still come out and enjoy uh, a good time, get uh, connected back with folks here at church. Uh, and so we want to encourage you to be here five o'clock. We'll be in the gym and the fellowship hall. So encourage you to be here for that. The other thing, I don't know if you saw on Facebook or not, but we are launching something brand new here at Broadway this fall, and that's our community group system. So these are going to be small groups of 10 people or less that are designed to connect you with a community of believers that are in a similar stage of life to you. So we have signups for these at the Welcome Center on the table underneath the, uh, the, the, the picture on the wall there, and then we also have signups out here in the front of the sanctuary. Uh, we want to encourage you to sign up for those. If you want more information about what those look 
look like or, or what exactly they're for, things like that, you can always come and talk to me or Pastor Daniel or some of the other staff, and we'll be glad to give you all the information you need. So sign up for those. We'll be giving you uh, a group leader uh, within the next two weeks, and they will be contacting you about meeting times and all that kind of stuff. So uh, sign up for those. Those are at the Welcome Center out here in the front, and don't forget the picnic tonight at 5 o'clock. We are so excited that you are here with us this morning. And turned. Let's read as we continue to worship together in Psalm 103, starting in verse 17. It says, But from eternity to eternity, the Lord's faithful love is toward those who fear him and his righteousness, toward the grandchildren of those who keep his covenant, who remember to observe his precepts or his commands. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Church, can I tell you, we are in the presence of a holy God this morning. We are here to worship him. Would you join me as we approach his throne in prayer? Father, we thank you that you have called us to worship you. God, it doesn't make sense to me that as feeble as we are, we can bless you. And yet your word tells us that we do. And so, God, we, we thank you for that opportunity this morning that you have graciously given us. Lord, we confess to you this morning that... Father, we have not loved you the way we should this week. We haven't loved our neighbor as ourselves. Father, I have failed. And Lord, we ask for your forgiveness. And we know that you are faithful to give it. Lord, we love you as we continue to worship this morning. We pray that you would speak to us through your Holy Spirit. God, that you would reveal yourself to us. And that we would respond accordingly. Lord, we love you. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask the guys in the booth to throw this next passage on the screen for us. No, I'm not. I got the, I got the kill signal, so I'll read it for you. We're continuing in Psalm 103. Listen to these words. Psalm 103, verse 8. It says, The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in faithful love. He will not always accuse us or be angry forever. He has not dealt with us as our sins deserve or repaid us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so is his faithful love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Would you stand as we continue to sing this morning? We're going to sing one of my favorite hymns. I stand amazed in the presence. Let's sing together. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the
join me as we go to our Savior in prayer. Holy Father, when we think about the words that we have just uttered, and to think about that precious blood, you tell us in your word, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. But when the blood of Jesus, the perfect sacrifice, was shed on Calvary's cross, that was for once and for all. All the Old Testament prophecy of and practice of the sacrifices of animals the one perfect sacrifice, the Lord Jesus Christ, was crucified and that blood shed that day, never to be repeated again. How precious that blood would cleanse all mankind that were willing to repent and turn to you for our Savior and Lord, giving us the gift of eternal life, hope and assurance, an anchor that holds all through life, and especially, Lord, in the crisis times in our lives. And we thank you for that blood and that hope that was shed this day. We pray, Father, that we might be encouraged, that we might be strengthened, that we might be drawn closer unto you, to walk with you day by day, and to tell others about you and encourage our brothers and sisters. Father, there's a lot of fear out across our land, out across the world today. But for Christians, we have that anchor, and we praise you, and we thank you for it. Father, may we rejoice and be glad, and thank you. We pray for our pastor as he comes to share your word this morning. Bless the needs of our congregation and the people that may be listening wherever they are today. No doubt there is grief. No doubt there is special needs of health issues. And we pray, God, that you would minister to these according to your riches in glory. Thank you again for loving us and your shedding of your blood. Amen. I don't think so. Come on down. We're going to do children's sermon at this point. Today's an exciting one. We're going to be talking about judging. So if you are here and you are between the ages of zero and fifth grade, this is your opportunity, just like the price is right, to run down the aisle and come sit in a chair up here. And um, we're going to have a contestant, and you get to win a prize. 
And then we have candy being thrown on the floor right here that you'll be able to grab afterwards. So all children need to come on down. Or if you want to become a child. All right. We are talking about something called judging today. Judging. And um, that's a big word. Does anybody know what the word judging means? Yes, sir. Sullivan? Yeah, yes, that's absolutely right. If someone's really nice, but you think they're not nice, that's absolutely right. And it's something that we are making a decision about something based on maybe like what we think. And we have to be careful about that because if we go around judging our friends at school, is that nice a lot of times? No, it can't. Because sometimes there's things we like and things we don't like. So I'm going to read a Bible verse here. And then we're going to see what's in this bag. All right. Jesus tells us in Matthew 7, 1, Do not judge so that you won't be judged. That's a short Bible verse. That's one we can memorize. Do not judge so we won't be judged. So the Bible is telling us not to judge. Now, one of the great things about judging is God, when we stand before him, he will judge us. And do you know what he judges us on? When God, we stand before God, what will he be looking at? Does anybody know? That's a tough question. But the answer is, if you've asked Jesus into your heart, he judges us based on our relationship with Jesus. All right, I need a contestant. Yes, ma'am. Come on down. Oh, you don't want to go. Any other contestants? Now, this is a good one. I'm not going to let you, Esther, because I know you know it's in here. Anybody? Sullivan, why don't you come on down? You, I mean, you, you spoke up and gave such... So what we're going to do is we're going to make a judgment here. And this is kind of what we do. This here, do y'all know next month is Halloween? Can y'all believe that? This here is Reese's Peanut Butter Bats. And I'll tell you this, I'll put a few of these out here. So these are really good solvent, and I'm going to put them here. And um, they look nice, don't they? Do you like Reese's? I'll put, I'll put four. So we're going to pick an item. So we've got four of these bats, and these are Halloween candy because it's already out at the store. And then we're going to... Put this other item. And what you're going to do, Sullivan, is this is what making a judgment looks like. Now, this next item, I'm going to set next to that. And then we're all going to look at these items. And Sullivan can pick four pieces of candy. That's enough for your whole family, all four of you. Or this other item. But I'm going to have to explain what this other item is. This is what, what, do y'all know what this is? Does anybody know what this thing is? No. no is any, anybody? What is this thing? David Dale, do you know? Cucumber? Look at that. Even Mr. Dale didn't even know what it was. It's called zucchini. I had to ask Miss Sherry to figure out what. So this is a, this is a, it grows in the garden. So, okay. So Sullivan, we're going to make our judgment. Here we go. 
we can get this thing also a cucumber or a zucchini, whatever you want to believe it is, or these four bats. He's going to pick one. This is a judgment. All right, you go ahead and pay, make your selection. All right, you can go be seated now. So there we go. Nobody wanted this, I guess. The question is, would anybody have selected the cucumber or zucchini? Look at that. Eight people would have picked that over the bats. So that. Now what Sullivan did is he made a judgment. He picked one item over something else. Now, I want you all to know something. We do that all the time. When we eat, we want to eat the good food. The chocolate. We want to eat what tastes good. And our friends, we want to maybe be friends with folks who have a lot of similar interest in us. The toys we play with, we want to play with things that, that we enjoy. The TV shows maybe you watch, we make constant judgments. But I want you to know, Bible tells us we shouldn't go around having what we call a judgmental attitude. And that's where we're mean and hurtful to other people who maybe we don't like and who are different than us. So one of the great things what Jesus teaches us is that we love one another. Even though you might not like zucchini, whatever that is, we don't have to necessarily go around talking bad about it, having a bad attitude. Maybe one day you all grow up and you'll be like the eight people who raised their hand and would like to eat zucchini one day. All right, we're going to have our closing prayer. Who would like to pray for us? Sullivan, do you want to you come down? Or Addison, do you want to come pray? We've got the whole Miller family. Y'all are just excited you're getting your bats. All right, you hold the microphone. All right, now what do we do? Can you? All right, now what we do, Addison, we're, gonna, we're going to, uh, I think mom and dad are looking at you. Why don't we turn around this way? All right, we're going to close our eyes, and we're going to bow our heads, and Miss Addison is going to pray for us. All right, Addison, you say your words. Dear Jesus, thank you. Thank you. We have a great day. We have a great day. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Good job, Asin. What a wonderful prayer you pray. All right, children, you can go make another judgment. There is candy there on the floor for you to pick up. Congratulations, Sullivan. You did great. <laughs> um, please join me as we read from he, he, Psalm 103, um, verses 15 through 19. As for man, his days are like grass. He blooms like a flower of the field. When the wind passes over it, it vanishes, and its place is no longer known. For from eternity to eternity, the Lord's faithful love is toward those who fear him, and his righteousness towards the grandchildren. Of those who keep his covenant, who remember to observe his precepts, the Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. All right. 
My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but only trust in Jesus' name. Let's sing that again.
difficulty, every storm we face. God, we thank you that we are anchored in Christ, the cornerstone of our faith. God, we love you. We praise you for who you are. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. You can be seated. So, oh, go ahead and open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7. And while you turn there, I want to share what this video is about. Um, this begins our week of prayer for Kentucky missions. It's called the Liza Brodus Offering. And that was a video there of a local food ministry here in Lexington that is uh, part of our association that as we give towards, as a church, as we give towards that, as you give towards our Liza Brodus State Mission Offerings, it goes to support these ministries in the video that we did not get to watch. Um, now, I do want to show you this. More importantly, we have a prayer guide. I don't know if you, some, I think it was in the bulletin, but if you, in case it fell out or you did not get the bulletin inserted inside the prayer guide, we have them back here at the Welcome Center. So when we dismiss, you will be able to run out there. And I want to encourage you this entire week to be praying for a lot of the different Kentucky Baptist ministries that go out and do uh, wonderful ministries such as what we would have uh, been witnessing right there. Open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7. And we're in a little bit, we're also going to be flipping over our Bibles to Romans chapter 14. Matthew chapter 7, and then uh, also uh, in a little bit, Romans chapter 14. This is a, we are going through the Sermon on the Mount. And just like in children's sermon, we have come to the point where Jesus tells us, um, don't judge. You should not have an attitude of judgmentalism. Now, this sin here of judging others, we have to be very careful because I want you to know this is something I can easily struggle with. A lot of, lot of Bible-believing Christians, a lot of folks who love the Lord, who love the Scriptures, they 
will struggle with an inward sin. And this is what we call a respectable sin, meaning a lot of folks don't even know what's happening. And next thing you know, you could have a self-righteous attitude towards others or towards preferences or towards things that the Bible does not speak very clear to and it comes across as correct, but in fact it's not. Let me give you some examples. Football, actually today is the first Sunday for NFL. It actually started Thursday night, but today is the first Sunday for NFL. So like this afternoon you can watch the Bengals play with their brand new quarterback. This afternoon. But do you know a football game's three hours long, but do you know actual playing time is only 17 minutes? Do y'all know that? Who on earth would spend 17, would spend three hours to watch basically a 17? Because when they run the ball, as you all know, uh, if the clock doesn't stop, so it keeps ticking away while they're setting up again. So the actual playing time. So who would spend that amount of time watching a football game? I mean, even college is even longer. They're three and a half hours long. What about an SUV? Do you all know SUVs destroy the environment? They do. It, it creates pollution. It contributes to all the forest fires right now burning down California. And, uh, and, if you, and you can find yourself um, driving these things that are gas guzzlers. <clears throat> Not only that, do you know when you come to church, you should wear your Sunday best. I mean, you're presenting yourself before God. You should have your best clothes on, your Sunday best. Now, I just made three judgments. All three of those things, there's something wrong with. It's based on preferences. It's up to you if you want to spend three hours and watch a football game. It's up to you if you want to drive whatever type of vehicle. And nowhere in the Bible does it tell us how to dress for coming to church. You wear whatever you want, as long as it's appropriate. But these are judgments based on preferences. Judgments based on opinions. Judgments based on maybe my current practices. And what happens to us as believers? If you, aren't, you and I aren't careful, we will find ourselves, and this is what Jesus is going to start talking about. He's going to draw a distinction. This is so important. Don't miss this. Between having opinions, preferences, having and attitudes towards practices that you prefer versus the spirit of judgmentalism. There's a difference. The spirit of judgmentalism is a sin. That's when you live your life and all you do is go around judging other people. But not judging them on what the Bible says. You're judging them on what your opinions and preferences are. All of us here have opinions and preferences. And they're all different. Picking zucchini versus 
Reese's candy, obviously that's going to be a judgment that every time you eat, you're making a judgment. What do I choose to eat? The problem with judging is you can find yourself, I can find myself going around, and you'll do this, I do this, judging other people whom God created, whom Jesus died for on the cross, whom the Lord loves, and you're judging them on a standard that is not set forth and not clear in Scripture. The Bible does not talk about football, SUVs, and the Bible also doesn't go around telling us how to dress. These are all preferences that we have. And the Bible is going to be very clear on how we're to, have a, we're to have an attitude that the only thing we can actually judge is what God has judged. What God has called sin is sin. If He hasn't declared it wrong, who are we to declare something is wrong? Who am I to say what type of vehicle you can drive? Who am I to say what type of sports you need to enjoy? Who am I to say what type of clothes you need to wear? Alright, open up your Bible. Matthew chapter 7. I want you to follow along here. Matthew 7, verse 1. Do not judge so that you won't be judged. For you will be judged by the same standard with which you judge others. And you will be measured by the same measure you use. Jesus is addressing the attitude right there. Why do you look at the splinter in your brother's eye, but don't notice the beam of wood in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the splinter out of your eye and look, there's a beam of wood in your own eye. Hypocrite! First take the beam of wood out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to take the splinter out of your brother's eye. Don't give what is holy to dogs or toss your pearls before pigs or they will trample them under their feet, turn and tear you to pieces. What Jesus is saying is a judgmental attitude is the man that looks at someone else and says, you're wrong, you should not do that. When you have the same problem in your life, before you go and you reprimand someone else for a sin they are committing, for something that is wrong in their life, Jesus is saying, buddy, you better first do a self-examination on your own heart. Who, who am I to sit here and say this about your life when I'm struggling with the same sin? You just don't know about it. It's a secret sin. And what happens is Christians can easily cloak themselves in this sin of judgmentalism, this attitude that can be so pervasive in our lives. And it's a holier-than-thou, where we just basically, we watch the news and say, mm, that's wrong. We watch TV and say, this is, this is incorrect. You look at politics and say, this is wrong. And you can just go through your life running everything through your filter. 
where the filter Jesus is using is the cross. He wants people saved. Jesus isn't here to make America great again. Jesus didn't come so that you and I can live our best life now. Jesus came so we can be saved from sin. Jesus came so lost people who, were, who stand before God condemned that they will be forgiven. And what happens for us, we have to make sure that our heart, our desires, our attitude, our filter lines up with the Bible. Now, say, Daniel, what if it is sinful? Now, if someone lies to you, and it is a lie for a fact that you know this is a lie, not a, well, that's kind of a gray area, or I could sort of see their perspective. If someone says, that's not black, that's blue, and you look at that and go, that iPad is black. Like, he's lying, or he's colorblind, or maybe he is colorblind. Like, there's something, something wrong with that. You know something is flat out wrong. The Bible tells us then, when we know for a fact that a sin has been committed, 100% sure, you can speak up and speak truth and say, brother, you don't need to be lying. You don't need to be doing this because God says it's wrong. Now, that is not the spirit of judgmentalism. The spirit of judgmentalism is when someone lies to you and instead of confronting that person, I go to Todd Ott and I say, yeah, he's a liar. Let me tell you what he did. Yeah, that guy's just a crook. He steals, he lies. I wonder what else he does in his life. And you never even address the sin in their life. All you've done is now you've just taken a judgmental attitude and cloaked it in this holier than thou, and then it turns into gossip. You and I have, Jesus saying, have to be able to take a log out of our own eye before we can clearly see other people. Jesus is saying, buddy, before you make a judgment on someone else, you better be sure that you aren't struggling with the same sin. Because maybe you're a liar. Maybe you're struggling with dishonesty. Flip over in your Bibles to the book of Romans. Because the Bible tells us here that Romans chapter 14, that God judges us. Did y'all know that? There's actually two judgments that are made on earth. The first one comes from the Lord. When you and I die, we will stand before the Lord and He will judge us. And do you know the standard? There is one standard you and I are judged by. And that's a, on our relationship with Jesus Christ. He will look at my life and see if I have unconfessed sin. He will see, does Daniel Osmond, has he received the blood of Jesus from the cross? That's all that matters. That covers your sin. Covers your sin. And when you get saved, when you trust Jesus as your Savior... God no longer sees you at the time of judgment as a sinner. He sees you as someone who's been 
covered by the blood of Jesus. The other judgments we can make is when we have taken the log out of our own eye and you can clearly see this person has sinned against the Lord. Now, and not, and not only that, you need to make sure too when you're judging, if you're going to judge someone else, number one, they need to be a believer. Because who are we to judge a lost person? Their first thing that needs to happen is they need to get saved. Why should you and I expect lost people who do not know Jesus, who've not been redeemed by the Lord, to start living a righteous and holy life? But if you and I have a brother in Christ, somebody who you sit next to in Sunday school, someone who you know, a sister that has given her life to Christ, and she is in blatant sin. And it's a fact. You've removed the log from your eye. You need to go to them and in a kind, compassionate way. What's the goal? The goal is restoration and repentance. The goal is not to put them down. The goal is not to bash someone on Facebook. The goal is to bring them to repent of their sin so they can be restored to the Lord. You go to them and say, Sir, ma'am, do you know what the Bible says about this? Matthew chapter 18 gives us an example of how we go first one-on-one, then we bring someone else with us, then we take it to the church. And the whole goal of that is restoration and repentance. That is not the spirit of judgmentalism. Judgmentalism is when you just go about with your attitude that you're right, they're wrong. Everywhere you go, you're right, they're wrong. It is easy to have this attitude. In fact, I believe this attitude is all around us today. It's in sports. It's at school. It's definitely in politics. And it's right here in church. I mean, think about it. You're listening to a sermon right now. The sermon's over. I'll stand here at that door right there. And Miss Sue will say, Daniel, that was a great message. Todd, I will say, Pastor, you're the next. Billy Graham. David Homelong said, Daniel, you're a rock star. And one after another. And then all of a sudden, Miss Cheryl Biddle, kindest lady, say, Daniel, I just got nothing out of that message. It was a flop. Seven people told me positive things. And then one person made a critical statement. And I'll go and get in our little minivan. And I'll sit there and Sherry will be in there with the kids. And I'll sit down and I'll go, oh my goodness. And do you know the first thing I will likely say? And you'll do, I promise you'll do the same. Will it be those seven things? No. You know what we remember? The one negative, one judgmental comment, Brother Heard, is what we will think the rest of our month of September. Every time I see Miss Biddle, rest of my life, that one comment will be in the back of my mind. That is the power of, and the destruction of a judgmental attitude. We can't get past it. You, those words hurt. That comment 
It goes day after day, month after month. It just carries on with you. We don't remember this. It doesn't matter what those seven other people said. All I will take home. All I will tell Sherry. The, I won't tell the kids. All I'll tell Sherry Carr. Can you believe what she said? That is why Jesus says, don't do it. Before you make any critical comment, you better make sure that log is out of your eye. Because who are you to talk that way when you are just the same? Look what Jesus, or look what Paul says here. Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14, verse, verse 10. We're going to read three verses. Romans 10, four, Romans 14, 10 through 12. But you, why do you judge your brother or sister? Or say, why do you, or you, why do you despise your brother or sister? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. Paul's saying, guys, why are you going around doing this? And when we say brother or sister, we're not talking about your physical brother or sister. We're talking about brother or sister in Christ. He's saying, you've got to stop the judgmentalism. This attitude that is, that is, there's an internal sin, an indwelling sin that is coming out of your mouth, that's judging others, that's the seed of gossip and bitterness and hatred and discord. It's so sinful and wrong, and you can cover it so well. Why are you doing it, Paul is saying? And look, he quotes Isaiah 45 here. He goes on to say, For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow to me and every tongue will give praise to God. Do you know every... It doesn't say one knee. Do you know this position I'm in right now? Every, these are my knees. Do you know what one day? I will be like this, giving an account. You will be like this, giving an account to God. That is from the Old Testament. Do you know this is also why we pray on our knees? Have you ever wondered why you, you pray on your knees? Every knee will bow. We bow. We give an account. We are judged by God on our knees. Being on your knees is a submissive position. Where it shows God is reverent and holy. He will tell us. And those who don't want to bow their knee, God will require that you bow your knees. The only time we really bow our knees is before the Lord. We do not bow before men. We bow before God. When you pray, you get on your knees before God. We answer and we are judged by Him. So if that is the case... Who am I to be going around arrogantly, pridefully putting other people down? That's the spirit of judgmentalism. And Jesus is calling it out. And it's no place in the believer's life. Last Bible verse. Verse 12 says up here, So then, each of us will give an account of himself to God. And I want to end on that verse 
Because we do not give an account to each other's. I don't live my life to please Raphael. I don't. You should not live your life to please other people. We give an account to him. And God tells us in Matthew 7, 1, do not judge. This morning, God is speaking to you, and he's asking you, if you have the spirit and the attitude of judgmentalism, you need to repent of that. This indwelling sin will come out in our words, and all it does is create this sense of pride in your life that's actually destroying you. Do you know Jesus is addressing that attitude of self-righteousness? Where you look at someone else and you think, I wouldn't ever do that. We forget. We are just as sinful as anyone else. The only difference, you have been saved by Jesus. Judgmentalism, this attitude. I'm asking you this morning. God's speaking to you and saying, have I allowed this sin to creep into my life? Am I applying a filter to other people? Have I forgotten where I have come from? And where was I? I was a sinner just as lost. You were a sinner just as lost as anyone else. And Jesus reached down, as the Bible says, the murky clay, and he pulls us out, and he saves us, and he washes us clean, and he sets our feet up on standing ground. And that is a saved life. We don't deserve it. And we shouldn't be holding other people to a standard that we ourselves, honestly, we can't even live to. The only grace we have, only hope we have, has come from the Lord. If you aren't struggling with certain sins, if you aren't struggling with alcoholism, if you aren't struggling with addiction, if you aren't struggling with uh, maybe financial insecurity, your, your answer should be, thank you, Lord. Thank you for helping me. But I know my brother or sister here that maybe they've got these struggles. Lord, I will be praying for them. I'm not going to be judging them. I'm going to be on my knees praying that you help them just like you have helped me. This morning, if you need help being delivered from this, I want to invite you to cry out to God and say, Lord, remove this spirit and this attitude from my life. Do you know, we haven't had an invitation here to respond to Jesus publicly since March. So we're going to resume our invitation. So I'm going to invite everyone to stand up. And if you want to make a decision this morning, now this is an opportunity for you to walk this aisle. I would say take my hand, but you don't have to take my hand. You, I'll put my mask on, but you can make a decision to get saved, to join our church. Or maybe you don't want to make it public. Some of you, you need to ask Jesus to remove the spirit of judgmentalism in your life. And you can do that in your pew. But every one of us needs to walk out of here changed. 
We should be different than when we came in. God speaks to us. God changes our lives. So Chris is going to lead us in a song. I'm going to be standing down front waiting for you to respond to the Lord. How great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain I could not climb. How are you doing? In desperation, I turned to heaven and spoke your name into Through the darkness, your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul. The work is finished, the end is written. Jesus Christ, my Your very body begins to 
everybody be seated real quick. God's certainly been moving. Dalton, you come stand up here with me real quick. Tracy, you come stand up here as well. So I'll stand up here. It won't get too close. But um, God has uh, been moving powerfully here at Broadway Baptist Church. We have a couple of new members that are coming this morning to join our church. It's always exciting to discover your church home, a place to serve and say, this is where I'm going to certainly grow in the Lord and be connected to, to a, a, a fellowship of believers with that. This here is Dalton Rose. Dalton's coming here joining by a statement of faith. He was baptized in another denomination and is coming here uh, uniting with our church. Uh, he's a member of, I believe, Todd Ott's Sunday school class. Very connected. Todd Ott's class meets right here as well as it meets online at 915. First time back, back to Sunday school. So we are so excited, Dalton, for you for making Broadway your church home. We also have uh, <clears throat> Miss Tracy Cook. That's right, Tracy Cook. So Tracy is coming here from Leestown Baptist Church, transferring her membership. She uh, has been coming here for several months, along with, with Dalton. So they are uh, both uh, being a part of our church family, and we're very excited about that. Did you go Miss Biddle's Sunday School Club? Did you? Oh, Raphael's class. Okay, yes, Raphael's class meets right there in the um, gym. So that's a, another great class. So with that, so we are excited for both of these wonderful folks uniting with our church. If you are excited as well for Dalton and for Tracy, will you join me in saying amen? Amen. amen. And what we always do...
Thank you so much. I'm going to invite everyone to stand up, and what we always have is we have a receiving line now. Obviously, things are different. You might not be able to shake their hand, but you could walk by and like salute them or give them a, you know, a, just let them, folks know that you're glad that they're a part of our church family without touching them and letting them know that you're uh, uh, acknowledging them as new members here of our church. So we're excited for that. I hope to see you all today at 5 o'clock at our um, church cookout that we're going to have. Hopefully it won't be pouring down rain. It'll be a great time for hamburgers and hot dogs. Great way to certainly reconnect, have some games, uh, invite your family, invite friends. Great way to certainly uh, co to connect with that. So, uh, oh. yep, amen to God. Do you want to say that, Brother Her? Be the glory. Amen.